three, two, one. You ready? You're listening to the Real Pineapple Podcast Network. Good evening, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. This is The Real Pineapple. This is your humble host, Hunter, here. Happy Zombie Jesus Day. Hope you guys are staying safe out there. Uh, So, this is a a review I've been wanting to do for, oh God, for a couple months. And basically, Colin and I were trying to sync up. Our schedules just weren't matching up. And so, I was like, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and, and... Go ahead and do this, because I've been wanting to talk about my favorite films of 2019 for a while. Um, I am very grateful that I was able to see all of the best uh, picture nominees this year. This is the, that's the four, uh, fifth, uh, actually no, like sixth year I've been able in a row. I've been able to say that I've been really trying to get good at seeing everything I, hum- uh, I humanly possibly can and. Did a pretty good job this year, as you guys know from the amount of reviews and just the different types. Um, there's so much film last year that I was moved by, that I was inspired by, that really just made me go, God, I love doing this. I, I just love recording and I love talking about film. And this year, as it is every year, it's always easier to do the worst of <laughs> than, uh, than to do the best of because there. The, the cream of the crop, you know, uh, the, the, the stuff that is excellent, the stuff that moves you, the stuff that just makes you go, this is why I love going to the theater. And with this whole coronavirus thing, I, I, and, and I do truly believe that the light at the end of the tunnel is a lot qu- closer than a lot of people think. But I it's made me miss going out to the movie so much. So it, it was actually almost therapeutic <laughs> to go ahead and uh, retool my list uh, for what I thought the best films were. So before I get to what the best films were, gotta talk about my honorable mentions. There were several films that I just couldn't find a spot for, and it sucks because I want to be able to go ahead and always have everything on the list, but there's just some movies I, I couldn't find a spot for. Uh, Joker. I think Joker is this year's or last year's uh bohemian rhapsody and i mean that in the sense of the main performance is so excellent it lifts up what i think otherwise is just a good film um the 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 scene with uh with joker on the arthur murray's show i think that's one of the most tense scenes of the year um the scene initially with him uh where he does kill those guys uh, on the uh, on the uh subway train and then shoots that one guy when he gets off i think that scene's excellent the scene in the apartment uh where the guy kind of calls him out for being weird it's so well done and while i stand by the conspiracy theory that i think that todd phillips didn't direct as much of that film as people think also, I just think Todd Phillips was a dick the way he was during the whole press junket for all this. Joaquin's performance is amazing, and I understand why people love this film so much. It's one of those films that if people go, it's one of my favorite comic book films ever, good, good for you. I'm really happy you were able to take that away from the film. Uh, personally, I think the last 20 minutes betrays the film, 
and it becomes very much what it said it wasn't going to be. And if you've seen the movie, you know how it ends. I, I'm not going to spoil it here. But that just irked me in a way. I went, I really fucking hate that. So that's why it's not on my list. Uh, Shazam, a film that really should have made a lot more money than it did. It really sucks that it didn't clean up. Um, I blame that on DC for not marketing the film correctly and not advertising it. I think Zachary Levi, if you guys have listened to the podcast for uh, for a while, you know I'm a huge fan of the, of the show Chuck. I thought uh, Zachary Levi was the best thing about that Heroes reboot. I think he's an excellent actor who does not get nearly the amount of credit he deserves. But now he's playing a superhero. And this film, again, it's one of those movies I've let people borrow because I have it in 4K. I'm a huge fan uh, of the film. And... I think this is going to be one of those films that does get cult status, and I'm happy that we got a, a, release, a, a release date for Shazam 2, because uh, I was really worried DC wasn't going to greenlight that, but we, we've got Shazam 2 on the way. I just think it's a great movie, and I think more people need to see it. So if you have not seen Shazam, you really need to. Um, I'm going to throw out two more quick ones here. Uh, Little Women... Uh, Greta Gerwig, uh, who I think is, she's going to be a huge uh, player um, in Hollywood for years to come. I I just love her style. I thought Lady Bird was fucking excellent. Um, She's just, she's incredible. And she's really going to just, I'm really just curious to see what she's going to do next. Um, I think she is just... Of such a great breath of, of uh, fresh air. So I'm really excited to see what she does next. Couldn't find a spot for it on my list, but it's a movie everyone should seek out. It's way better than the last adaptation of Little Women they did. So that would uh, that was another honorable mention. And then the last one I will go ahead and throw out. Um, John Wick 3. Fucking love John Wick 3. <laughs> I think that movie is excellent. Uh, Keanu Reeves continues to be just an amazing action star. This John Wick franchise has given Keanu new life, and I'm so excited we're getting one more John Wick, because hell yeah. And Bill and Ted this year. Uh, hopefully it doesn't get delayed. But I love Keanu. Just seems like a, the nicest dude, and I'm I'm so excited for the next uh, chapter in John Wick. And uh, I lied. I'm throwing one more. Uh, Captain Marvel. Uh, I know there are Brie Larson haters. I don't care. I think you're wrong. Uh, I think Captain Marvel is excellent. I think it captured the 90s vibe uh, perfectly. I love the soundtrack. I love uh, Carol Danvers' hero's journey as she goes on. Uh, I love Samuel Jackson as a young Nick Fury. It feels like a different character, even though it's a character he's played you know, for the past decade. Uh, love Ben Middleton. Um, uh, love uh, her friend Tasha uh, is the actress. Uh, I-, I can't think of her name. She's going to be in the new uh, Bond film, but she's excellent. I- I'm so excited for Captain Marvel 2. I-, I really am, and I-, but I just could not find a spot for it on my list. So, all right, kids. So those are my honorable mentions. So on to number 10, uh, if you guys know how this works, if you haven't listened to the podcast, uh, basically any film that came out in limited release from January 1st, uh, 2019 to December 31st is fair game. Um, and yeah, my list, I'm just going to go through 10 through six recap, then go through my five through two and then do my number one. So starting at number 10, I actually have this at a tie cause I didn't know which one I liked more, but I'm gonna, I'm going to trust my gut because 
it's the one I, I kind of was leaning towards. Uh, I got to give my number 10 spot to Us. I thought Us was an incredible film by Jordan Peele. No, it's not Get Out. And I think a lot of people were expecting another Get Out. I think you get something that's very Get Out inspired, but it's its own entity. I think uh, for as much as people were talking um, about, uh, I'm blanking on the actress's name, uh, um, but she played a Harriet Tubman uh, for her for Best Actress. I was really pissed that uh, uh, that uh, Lupita didn't get an Oscar nomination. Uh, she played dual roles in this movie, and she haunted me. She made me sympathetic for her. She made me root for her. Uh, I think Lupita Nyong'o is just she's such she's a generational talent, and she continues to up her game and up her game. And I just I, I love her to pieces. Uh, Winston Duke, uh, you know, Black Twitter and the internet talked about you know those thunder thighs. Yeah, I love Winston Duke. I I think he's great and. The, the the kids in, in in that movie were so were so creepy as well playing their uh, the red version themselves Jordan Peele's special and I'm really happy that he's really getting his shine and getting a chance to just be creative uh Bloomhouse continues to be one of the most effective um efficient studios in all Hollywood you know making these incredible horror films that uh, for next to nothing, it's it's amazing to me how they're able to keep doing it. I I just have so much respect for Jason Bloom and everyone who works over at Bloomhouse. And uh, yeah, the, the, this was my number ten. I thought this movie was excellent. Uh, number nine. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Logan. I have not reviewed this for uh, we have not reviewed it for this uh, for the channel yet, and I need to because Logan is fucking ex excellent. Uh, James Mangold, I think, is a very underrated director, and his film Ford v Ferrari, um, I believe it won. I want to say it won the Oscar for I want to say for like sound editing. I, I want to say I, I think it won one Oscar, but I, I think this is a movie that's very underlooked, uh, uh, overlooked. Pardon me. It's a bummer. It's a bummer it came out this year when so much, so many amazing things came out. Uh, if it actually came out in 2020, it actually would have probably benefited the movie more. Uh, I love Christian Bale in this. This is the second year in a row. I think he uh, should have won the Oscar. Uh, I, I thought he should have beaten, uh, I, th I thought he should have won last year for Vice. I thought he was incredible. And I loved him in 4v4. I, I think he is just the way he's such a chameleon uh, in whatever role he takes. I, I just, I was so impressed with his performance here. Uh, the one guy who works for, I want to say it's Ford. Uh, yeah, yeah, he works for Ford. If you've seen the movie, you know who I'm talking about. This one villain, he's just such a fucking prick. And you hate him so bad. And him and Christian Bale's back and forth is excellent. Um, I gotta give Matt Damon a lot of credit too. Because I think... While people are talking about Christian Bale, and they should be, Matt Damon is one of those actors that ever since uh, The Talented Mr. Ripley, I remember going, okay, I think this guy's got something. And he really has been really has been more consistent than I think people give him credit for. Uh, downsizing, uh, which I think sucks, but that movie aside, he's really been one of my favorite actors for since I was a kid, really, and, and I, I just give him so much credit for continue, uh, continuing to hone his craft and just tap into whatever that little bit extra is to continue to turn out these um, Oscar caliber performances, and uh, the, the the friendship um, 
uh, or almost a frenemy uh, <laughs> friendship that they have uh, in in the movie uh, Matt Damon and Christian Bale, I think is just uh, I think it's just excellent. Um, and I don't think enough people are talking about him either. But John Berth uh, John Berthal is excellent in this. It's such it's such a good movie, and it's something like I said that I think more people need to be talking about uh, because it is excellent. So that's my number nine. Uh, my number eight film, um, it it's it's almost hard to put it this low because I thought Tom Hanks was gonna win best supporting actor for the uh, for the for the performance. I, if you guys have listened to it, um, and we have not done a review on this, and I and I need to. Oh my gosh, um, the documentary "Won't You Be My Neighbor." I thought that. <coughs> pardon me. Uh, let me take a sip of my beer here real quick. That's better. Um, but I was a huge fan of uh, Won't You Be My Neighbor. And I was really sad that it didn't win Best Documentary. And I really thought that movie just went overlooked somehow. And just being really upset about it. So seeing them do such a great job with A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Uh, Tom Hanks is a icon. Tom Hanks is one of the best, greatest actors in the history of Hollywood. I have... So much respect for Tom Hanks. I think he is just... Uh, I, I truly believe he's a, a modern-day Marvel. Um, if you have not seen The Post, I'm a huge fan of that film. Um, I'm also a huge fan of uh, Marielle Heller, who's the director. And I gotta be honest, guys. This is... This is the second year in a row uh, she should have gotten an Oscar nomination because uh, for Best Director. Because Can You Ever Forgive Me? She was excellent in that and i think that people almost took her for credit uh took her for granted because she's directing tom hanks and i think that's completely fucking unfair because doing a mr rogers film so quickly after that documentary came out could have easily been such a huge detriment to this movie and yet she directs this film in such a way artistic way the way they're able to use the land of make-believe uh, as in, uh, as inspiration for you know flight uh, planes taking off and uh, trains being used, it, it's so well done. It's like a living, breathing storybook, and I just have so much admiration uh, for how she directed it. Uh, Chris Cooper is, is excellent in the movie. Um, I'm gonna butcher your name. I'm so sorry, but uh, Susan uh, Kalecki Watson, who played uh, uh, Lloyd Vogel's wife. Um, and of course, Lloyd Vogel was played by Matthew Reyes, who, if you have not seen The Americans, watch The Americans. It's f fucking excellent. And Chris Cooper was great. Like, that's everyone in this movie stepped up and brought their A game. And I just, I have, I was so happy they did right by Mr. Rogers. So I'm so happy the movie did as well as it did. I'm so happy people connected with it. Um, yeah, Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. That is my number eight. My number seven is a movie I have ranted and raved about how much I love. Uh, it has some of my favorite um, scenes probably in the history of the film. I don't know if I've ever cheered more, cried more, um, rooted more. Uh, it's, it's Avengers Endgame. I didn't have last year's uh, Avengers Infinity War on my best of for 2018 because, as I said when we did our 20 best of 2018 list, I didn't feel like the story was complete. 
and I didn't think it was fair to put a half, what's basically a half-finished part um, of a two-parter on my best of list. I didn't think that was fair. Uh, I have watched in-game start to finish at least, who at least 15 times since it's come out. Um, I love that fucking movie. I, I, when Captain America picks up Mjolnir, that alone, uh, I, I screamed. Uh, Alea would tell you I screamed, I cheered. Um, hearing Cap say Avengers Assemble, um, uh, the, the sacrifice of, you know, who, just in case you haven't seen it, which if you haven't, why haven't you? Um, the Avengers Assemble line, um, Ant-Man getting a chance to shine. Just so much about that movie to love. Um, and even though there wasn't an in-credit scene, I thought that tribute that they did to everyone who'd basically been in the Marvel films was excellent. Um, it's one of my favorite things to go back and watch. And, uh, Alan Silvestri, I want to say Alan Silvestri's uh, score is just excellent. Um, it's incredible, pun intended, Marvel of a film. I have so much respect <coughs> pardon me, for the Russo brothers. I think they are incredible. I enjoyed 21 Bridges, which they were producers on. Uh, yeah, I love Avengers Endgame. Uh, I am an unapologetic fan of it. So Avengers Endgame, <coughs> pardon me, that's my number seven. My number six is a movie that I thought was going to get more love at the Oscars. It didn't, which, again, I think it's just it's a victim of its own circumstance for when it came out. I think the movie is excellent. Pardon me. I think it's a drag that didn't get more recognition, but I still am just blown away uh, by it. It led to, I think, the best uh, year uh, for Scarlett Johansson, my number six is Marriage Story. I thought this film, I really thought Adam Driver was going to win the Oscar. I really thought he was going to win it. I know everyone's talking Joaquin. Um, I know I talked about Christian Bale earlier. It my order basically went, uh, it, it went Adam Driver, Bale, then Joaquin. Um, and I was sw- flopping back and forth between switching uh, Bale and uh, and Adam Driver because I was changing my mind basically every day but <coughs> pardon me but i think adam driver has just shown like we look at the 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 last star wars trilogy here or the newest star wars trilogy the kylo ren as badly as that character is written adam driver is such an incredible actor he's still able to make y- you connect with that character it's really amazing because they did not set him up for success with that character but the, the scene that Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson have in the scene in this movie when they're fighting with each other is such an intense uh, emotional roller coaster of a scene. And it's only the way you could talk to someone that you love. And I just, I love that scene alone. Um, uh, it, it, it's incredibly well done. And I just, I love that scene alone, let alone this whole movie. Um, Again, was really sad. Scarlett Johansson didn't get uh, uh, didn't get some love at the Oscars because I thought she deserved it. But uh, I thought she was excellent as well. Um, yeah, this movie's incredible. So if you have not seen Marriage Story, it's definitely not something you want to watch after you celebrate an anniversary. <laughs> but it's it's such a fun. It, it's such a genuinely well directed, well written movie that I think everyone needs to see. So that's my number six, Marriage Story. So going down the list real quick. My number ten was Us. Number nine, Ford v Ferrari. 
Number eight, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Number seven, Avengers Endgame. Number six, Marriage Story. All right, so kids, let me take another quick sip of the beer here. Ah, thank you. All right, my number five. So this might have my. Ooh, it's easily my top three favorite uh, in credit scenes. I think Tom Holland is just. I can't express enough how much I love Tom Holland. And I was not crazy about Tom Holland when he got cast. I really wanted Acer Butterfield. Um, thankfully, he got Sex Education, which is a great show if you haven't watched it. Um, but Tom Holland has been one of my favorite portrayals of superhero ever. I think he's the quintessential Peter Parker. I think he's the quintessential Spider-Man. I don't want to hear about Andrew Garfield or Tobey Maguire. Tom Holland's the best Spider-Man. You will not change my mind on this. I think Tom Holland is excellent. I think Marissa Tomei is Aunt May is just incredible. I love their chemistry, and it's just it's such a genuine warmth when they're talking to each other, which is how I always read uh, Peter Parker and Aunt May in the comics. I love the way that they use John Favreau's uh, Happy uh, Happy Hogan in this, and Jake Gyllenhaal's Mysterio. It might be the best role of his career. I know a lot of people might say Nightcrawler, and I think he's incredible Nightcrawler. Um, we've reviewed that. If you have not listened to it, you should check it out. But Jake Gyllenhaal is incredible as Mysterio. You, even knowing the history of the character like I do, I was sitting there watching the movie going, well, maybe he's not bad. Maybe this will all work out. And no, Mysterio's an asshole, but it's, it's everything you want in a Spider-Man movie. It's it's got humor. It's got charm. It's got stakes. It it it, it has the shadow. And I know some people have said made this argument that you know it relies too much on. Uh, uh, spoiler alert for Endgame. Uh, yeah, spoiler. Sorry, uh, but I've heard people say that it relies too much on Tony Stark. No one knew uh, Tony Stark. In that science nerdy hero way, like Peter did, like he just knew him in more uh, on a different level, even more so than honestly Pepper, even though they were married. He just he got him in a different way because he was a hero, and I love the way that's like a cloud hanging over Peter all the time, and how Happy kind of kind of has to sit him down and go, look, even Tony, you know, couldn't outdo himself. He didn't like. He was always questioning himself. I just, I love, I love the way this movie is laid out. I love the, the very logical way of them going all the way back to Iron Man 1 to bring someone back who has a vendetta against Tony. It's like, wow, you guys really thought this shit out. It's, it's just an incredibly, it's just, it's an incredible film. And the uh, Peter Tingle, uh, <laughs> uh, as it were, but his uh, big Spider-Man uh, scene, a uh, Spider-Sense scene blowout is so well done. There's a reference to Iron Man Marvel Zombies, which I just thought, oh my god, you are, you're digging deep for these Easter eggs. Uh, and it's got, like I said, it's got my, easily my top three favorite uh, in-credit scenes or mid-credit scenes for a Marvel film. The Daily Beagle reveal, basically in the Infowars font, I thought was just... Yeah, if there's any version 
<laughs> of uh, the Daily Bugle in, in real in you know in the real world it would probably be very infowars ish and I <coughs> pardon me and I love that J.K. Simmons came back as J. Jonah Jameson I'm so happy that this is the status quo moving forward and that we're getting the third Spider Man I'm giddy as hell so Spider Man Far From Home that's my number four my uh, uh, my number five pardon me. My number four is a movie that I really think more people need to go out and watch. Um, it is on Hulu, so you have no excuse to not watch it. If you don't have Hulu, get a 30-day trial. You should. It's great. Um, my number four film is Booksmart. Booksmart is an excellent film directed by Olivia Wilde. Her first movie, might I add. Um, Olivia Wilde. She's one of those people that she comes across very witty in a lot of her films and a lot of her interviews. She seems very ambitious. Um, I hate, hate, hate the movie uh, The Incredible Burt Wonderstone, but for some reason she is one of the few things I really like. Uh, I really like in it. Um, I thought she was great in Richard Jewell, and I loved her on BoJack. Um, I think she, in, in Vinyl, I really, really loved that show, and I was bummed when it got canceled. So... I'm actually actually quite a fan of Olivia Wilde, and the fact that this is her first film uh, direct, uh, directing uh, Caitlin Dever and uh, uh, Beanie Feldstein, uh, uh, Feldstein I'm going to go with. Caitlin Dever, by the way, she should be Barbara Gordon. If I'm DC, I cast her immediately. If they don't want to get Anna, uh, if they don't want to get Anna Kendrick for Squirrel Girl, Marvel cast her. She's she's great. Um, I haven't watched. That show, unbelievable yet? That's on my list. I definitely want to watch that. I think I think she's awesome, and, and I'm really happy that uh, this movie exists for as a coming of age comedy, uh, more of a com coming of age dramedy. But you know, how many movies can you see? Can you say that have so many women working? you know, behind the camera, in front of the camera, that are this excellent? How many coming of age movies are this great? Period. I mean, I think about this and uh, maybe The Spectacular Now. Um, I'd put this up there with Perks of Being a Wallflower. That's one of my favorite movies ever. And I think this movie's right there with it. I thought Booksmart was excellent. The the fight <clears throat> that the best friends have in this movie, it is one of those fights that you could only have with someone that you love. And they just date the way they rip into each other and the way that Olivia Wilde shoots uh, shoots that scene, how the camera's kind of panning to everyone filming them and how it feels like the world is falling into chaos just in that, the the way the camera's being uh, being uh, being used. It's just, I, I love, I love, 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 uh, I love this movie. Uh, so yeah, if you have Hulu, you need to watch this. Add it to your list now. Book smart, my number four. On my number three, um, a movie that <laughs> I was hyped for when I saw the trailer for it, and I went, you know, I don't know if it's going to be as good as I'm playing it up to, to be in my head. I was really worried that it was going to let me down, and it didn't. 
My number three is Jojo Rabbit. I think Taika Waititi is one of the most brilliant minds in Hollywood. He clearly just doesn't give a fuck. Uh, it, watching Thor Ragnarok, it just felt like he took a bunch of shrooms and went, now I'm going to write a Thor movie. And it worked out way better than I thought it would. It was damn sure better than Thor The Dark World. And Taika's just been... Taika's been awesome for a minute. And, I, and, I, and I'm I'm happy that people are kind of starting to, starting to discover uh, his stuff. Um... Taika is just a very creative mind, and I really think that he'll be one of those people 20 years from now that people will be saying, citing as an inspiration. I, I think he is just incredible. People don't talk enough about what we do in the shadows. He wrote that, and it's fucking great. The show's excellent as well. So give Taika some more credit. Uh, he makes a great Hitler, <laughs> which is weird to say, but. Uh, I don't think I ever thought I'd say this in a movie, but I could have used more Hitler. I actually wanted more Hitler screen time. But um, the, the the kid who plays Jojo, uh, Roman Griffin Davis, I thought he was just wonderful. And I can't wait to see what this kid does next. I hope he moves on and just ends up being um, a, a huge star. That's his first um, movie role. Like, he, he knocked it out of the park. He was great. Um, Sam Rockwell is amazing in this. Uh, it's, um, as, uh, yeah, no, Sam Rockwell is one, one of my favorite actors. Um, if you've listened to the podcast for a while, you know how much I love Moon, and he's excellent in Moon. Should have won the Oscar that year for Best Actor, but that's, I won't get off on that tirade. But Sam Rockwell is great in the movie. Even Rebel Wilson, as irritating as I normally find her, even she wasn't enough to uh, deter me from enjoying this film. And Scarlett Johansson, this might be her best role since Lost Translation. I, I thought she was just excellent in a way, and loving, and caring, and just enough self-deprecating humor. But she didn't treat Jojo like he was a little kid. She gave him some rope. She gave him some room to explore his space and talk to him. Not like an adult, but didn't condescend him definitely put things in perspective for him in a way that i was just in awe of um watching her parenting i i just thought this movie was excellent the score is great uh steven merchant has a like a cameo uh in this and he's great in his role um what's the kid uh yorkie who's played by uh, archie yates he's starring in the home alone reboot that they're doing for disney plus I thought he was great, and I thought the girl, uh, <coughs> um, uh, Thompson McKenzie as Elsa, <coughs> pardon me, um, her and Jojo had excellent chemistry, and I thought it was very sweet where the movie ends up, um, but it never forget, lets you forget where, what you're watching, what time period you're watching in. I, I love this movie, so that's my number three. Uh, my number two favorite film is a film that has jumped with my number one quite a few times. I was actually retweeting my list <coughs> Pardon me. as of uh, last night. I was like, oh, do I want this number one or do I want this number two? And while I am happy, um, actually, if I say that, I'll give away my number one. Never mind. But um, I love Sam Mendes. I think that Skyfall is... It actually is probably my my third favorite Bond film, um, uh, 
GoldenEye and Casino Royale, uh, in that order, by the way, um, pro- uh, ahead of it. But Sam Mendes did a great job with 1917. It, it took two actors I didn't even know really who they were. I hadn't seen them, anything I could recall. And you just see their friendship evolving through this war. And the way that Sam Mendes is able to, I mean, admittedly through some clever editing, how it's all shot like it's it's like it's one shot it makes you feel like you're there it's one of the most intense theater experiences i've ever had it's just it's it's incredible how sam mendes was able to make this look and the cinematography is top notch the score it there's not an overabundance of there's not an overabundance of it but when it kicks on it feels powerful Mark Strong and Benedict Cumberbatch, you hear that they're in it, you think, oh my god, they're, you know, they're gonna be, uh, they might overshadow the movie. No, they, they don't. Um, it, it's just, it's incredibly well done piece of art. If I was teaching a, uh, if I was teaching a, uh, film class, that would be one, that would be one of the first things I would, I would show, um. I just think the movie is excellent. Uh, Richard Madden, you get a, a scene with him, and he just shows why he's one of my favorite kind of rising stars. I, I, I just um, I can never remember the guy's name. The guy who plays Mori, uh, played Moriarty and Sherlock, but he's in here, and I was just like, oh, that's great. Um, I, I just love this movie. I love this movie so much, and I, I, I hope... Um, it did well. I mean, it won some Oscars, which I'm happy about. But uh, I'm so happy that this film did so well. I think people need to look at this for film inspiration, just for how great it is. Um, yeah, this film is incredible. And if you have not seen it, uh, I wouldn't even say rent this. This is something I'd be proud to own. And I think more people need to look into it. If you have not, um, there were a couple, I, I said this in our review. There are a couple of Vietnam vets who watched it, and they were, like, it clearly hit them. Um, it was it was intense even for them. Um, it, it, it was just, yeah, it, it, it's a very, very intense movie. So uh, just know that when you're, you're uh, getting into it. I liked it better than Saving Private Ryan, personally. But that's another discussion for another day. So, <clears throat> going down my list, I'm going to start at number 10, go all the way down. So number 10, I had Us. Number nine, I had Ford v. Ferrari. Number eight, I had A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Number seven, I had Avengers Endgame. Number six, I had Marriage Story. Number five, I had Spider-Man Far From Home. Number four, I had Booksmart. Number three, I had Jojo Rabbit. Number two, I had 1917. And my number one favorite film for 2019 is, drumroll please, go ahead and do it at home. I'm doing a drumroll here, I'm just not hitting my keyboard. My number one favorite film of 2019 is Parasite. I do not think that I can under I can undersell how much when I heard about Parasite, I went, oh, Bong Joon-ho, I love him. Snowpiercer alone. If you guys have listened to the podcast for a while, um, I, I've mentioned the host once or twice. I, I really enjoyed the host. It was a great freaking movie. Um, but Snowpiercer. Oh my god, and this is something we did not review, we didn't uh, review uh, 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 Okja, I think is the way I say it. It's a great movie too, uh, 
Bong Joon-ho, he's such a creative mind, and he clearly just has very random, intense uh, thoughts. I love the way his his mind works, because you can just feel the gears cranking as you're watching one of his films. Uh, Parasite, the fact this film builds the way it does, and it builds the tension with this family, and if you haven't seen it, I'm dancing around it for a reason, because I don't want to get too much in the spoilers, but it has one of my favorite favorite third acts in a film I've seen in a couple years. It's intense. The art direction is beautiful. They the, the way this one house is shot and when you see the house you'll see you'll you'll get it. But the contrast, the the it did what for me what Elysium wasn't able to do. It it talks about class structure and it talks about how, you know, um you know, the the the, the rich have more power than you know than the poor do and i but also if you were to get that power would you be corrupted and do we stereotype all people who happen to be rich like it it asks a lot of questions to you the audience and it doesn't really even ask you to answer them it really does just ask you though like you need to be aware of this and it does in a way that never felt preachy to me which is always a really difficult line to to walk but bong Ho did such an incredible job this movie does something else that uh, I, I know I just mentioned Casino Royale a couple minutes ago. It does something that I appreciate so much in film. It didn't glamorize violence. All the violence in this movie feels intense. It feels brutal. It feels raw. It feels animalistic, honestly. And the way this film ends, I just thought was just the cherry on top of the mwah Sunday. I. I I can't wait for what Bong Joon-ho does next, and I was so, <clears throat> best foreign film, I was like, oh, he's got best foreign film, like, good for him, I'm happy, you know, he'll get at least one Oscar, but Paris, like, cleaning up the way it did, including him winning best director and best, uh, in the movie, winning best picture, I was so happy for him, I think he's been grinding and grinding and grinding and just trying so hard to continue to hone his craft. Um, I mean, he shout out Scorsese, you know, and Sam Mendes and all these directors that have inspired him. And he's just such a weird dude, but he's weirdly charming. And I was I was so happy for this film to have the success it did. It really takes away that stigma that I think a lot of people have that, you know, a foreign film um, can't be considered one of the greats. Uh, I think Roma, I think this film does owe a lot to Roma for kind of helping change that narrative a little bit. But Bong Joon-ho, though, man, I, I, I'm still proud of him. I, I bought Parasite um, the moment I could. I, I think this film is just a masterclass in filmmaking. And if you just want to see how to build tension in a film uh, to a Hitchcockian extent, watch Parasite. It's so well done and everyone should watch it. So, guys, that is my top 10 of 2019. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to do lists this year considering how much stuff we're getting at the end of the year. But, guys, what were your favorite films of 2019? What were some movies that like disappointed you, um, even? Um, that would be interesting to hear because, uh, yeah, I'd love to know what people just loved last year. Let me know what, you, uh, what stuff you loved last year in the comments below. You can go ahead and like us on Facebook at The Real Pineapple. Uh, go ahead and shoot me a message. I'll go and respond. I uh, uh, 
uh, yeah, I love I love talking to you guys. But like us on Facebook, The Real Pineapple. You can go ahead and follow yours truly on the Twitter at jhunterrealpineapple. That's R-E-E-L, pineapple. You can follow Scott on Twitter at nearmanthefirst. You can follow Colin on Twitter at TheRealO'Neal. That's R-E-E-L-O-N-E-A-L. And go ahead and follow us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, and iHeartRadio at The Real Pineapple. Guys, thank you so much for listening. We will have reviews up this weekend for Onward, as well as a review for uh, Bruce Brothers Season 1. <coughs> Pardon me. And uh, we'll have a review for... Uh, Oh, I think that's I think that's it actually. I'll probably find something else to review. Uh, we've we've all got a little time, right? but um, guys, I hope you had a ha- or you're having a happy Easter. Please stay safe out there. Uh, take care of one each other of one another when you can. Um, thank you again so much for the support. Have a good night, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. <laughs>